Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, this is Andy Jacobs. Uh, Paul is away, as you may well know. Welcome to the Daily Podcast. And in his absence and the fact that Max decided to go early, I've called in our great production team, producer John Cadigan, assistant producer Rufus Gordon, Good afternoon, boys. Yes, hi. Good afternoon. What are we going to put in the podcast? Uh, this is like, have you heard Max's podcast? This is like what Max does on his podcast. Yeah. What's that? He gets the producers on. Really? Yeah. I don't know where that takes <laughs> <laughs> Is it more successful than <laughs> our podcast? No, I've never listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> is it more successful than the National Obsession, one of the finest podcasts I've, in this country? I've that there's very few things that are <laughs> good what are we putting in it? well i think uh, your I sister, sister your sister came in so which, which is good and she was very entertaining two blokes who play morkman and wise they yeah. came in and we'll have a bit of a chat about that <laughs> even though none <laughs> of you know who yeah. morkman and wise no. is <laughs> 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 and uh max who was with me on the program but left early uh we had, we had some chat and some bits and pieces and he actually made a bit of an effort didn't he today he brought he brought in some stuff talking about those wolves yes yes i didn't really understand that but i switched off i thought what on earth was that (laughs) i like the bit about the poo watcher though that was good yeah good so i hope you enjoy it and uh thanks very much for listening well you haven't listened yet but we do thanks very much Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, uh, Max. This is afternoon, Paul. There, and uh, yes, I was telling you in the meeting. Uh, I, today should have contained today's show should have contained an exclusive interview with Gianfranco Zola. Mm. Uh, not only about his uh, new business in venture, where he's uh, got involved with the ice cream business. I see. Well, really? Oh, yeah. But is he, uh, is he the next Gino Ginelli? <laughs> he could be. Oh, and uh, <laughs> hey, he does, lovely, chocolate chip. he does a lovely cornet. <laughs> and uh, no, I was invited to go in uh, to the opening of his new ice cream restaurant right. in London St John's Wood, and quite near Lords. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was last week, and I remembered last week, and I was going to go, and I, I spoke to the PR people, and I said, "And can I have a word with Franco as well for the show?" about Conte this season at Chelsea and blah, 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 and what he's made of it all, which would have been quite interesting for the listeners. Mm. The thing is, they, they changed it from last week to yesterday. Right. And uh, basically completely forgot. At what point did you realise? 
Was it when you woke up this morning? It should have been somewhere. Midway through Manchester United Bournemouth. <laughs> okay. I just thought as I was listening to Owen Hargreaves, it reminded me that I needed to be somewhere else. Oh. And uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's a he great was, shame. Uh, did did Gianfranco text to say, where are you? No, did, no, he didn't seem that bothered. Did no. they postpone the launch because you weren't there? Uh, well, funny enough, my wife was meeting somebody in that area and she went in my place, but oh. obviously didn't interview Gianfranco Zola. It would have been not much point, really. Well, no, I think, I think <laughs> Mrs. Jacobs, we should send her out <laughs> to interview uh, former Birmingham City <laughs> managers of our time. Um, so we thought you, you had an idea for the listeners to get involved. I well, know you don't like the listeners no, to be no, involved. No, no, I love the but... listeners to be involved. I, I just don't want to speak to them. It's a different <laughs> matter altogether. No, I love their... Oh, our listeners are fantastic. You've got to be joking. They're brilliant. So basically, it's any time you've forgotten a very important meeting. Mm. You just completely forgot. You don't know why you forgot. You just did. Or maybe, you know, your son's wedding or something like that. Just, <laughs> just something you should have been at that you... You completely forgot. I've got a present, Andy, for mm. you, by the way. It's 81089 on the text. You can tweet that, oh, yeah. Max Rushton. Uh, a text says, Jacobs makes me laugh. There you are. So well, there you go. It's very unusual. Positive, isn't it? Um, you know, I've given up we'll, on we'll trolls, we can, Andy. We can you know? you. Yeah, because you told me, a few people said, you know, I read out the trolls. Unless it's funny, I don't read it. It was my birthday yesterday. Andy, I was 39. Oh, was yesterday. it? Oh, yeah. congratulations. Thank you so much. Yes, I didn't I thought you were... Just managed not to die in I the thought last you were, I thought years. you were reading yeah. uh, somebody else's No, no, no. Text, so. Anyway, the future Mrs. Rushton brought me this, a Panini 2018 oh, six-pack of lovely, stickers. Yeah. Oh, would you like a packet, Andy? Yeah, I'd have a packet of stickers. Yeah, okay. yeah. as, it, as it happens, live... It's not, not a problem. Panini opening. There's an ad at the moment, actually, on TalkSport, which is very good. It's, they're offering a... <laughs> no, I don't believe that. They're offering, no, it is. They're offering a free Panini. I won't name them. But oh. the thing is, obviously, the thing is, they can't actually name the players. So they say... So they do the people chatting about it. They say, well, would you like a Spanish goalkeeper? Because <laughs> 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 obviously you can't say De Gea in an advert, otherwise you have to pay him. Oh, that's true. It's exciting yeah. time. Yeah, it's see who, exciting, see who we've got in our pack. And, uh, yeah, so good performance by Manchester United last night, I thought. A lovely second goal. Pogba, a tremendous run and a brilliant finish by Lukaku. I think it's quite clear now that people were saying at the start of the season, who's, who's going to be the better buy, Lukaku or Morata? I think it's pretty clear for this season. It's indisputable. OK, I've got Cedric. OK, I, I, okay, I have N'Golo Kante, so I win that one. Oh, Next good. up. Uh, Aziz Behic. Uh, plays for who? It says it, top right corner. Is it? Oh, uh, Australia. South Korea's Kim Chin-wook. Russia's Dela Kuzyev. Croatia's Mateo Kovacic. Kater Balde of... Uh, Balde of <laughs> Senegal. Uh, Peru's Christian Ramos. England's John Stones. And Sweden's Isaac Kisa-Thelin. We've got four Ian Carverhouse. <laughs> oh, well done, you win. Um, yeah, no, Manchester United were very good, and, and I just know they're going to beat Spurs in the semi-final. I'm already sad about it. Well, they've got so many good players. Honestly, they left so many players out, and uh, and I do love Owen Hargreaves. So, I mean, it was a great ball by Ander Herrera for the first goal, and he went, "It's a thing of beauty." By Ander Herrera, he couldn't say, anything could have sounded less beautiful than the way he described it. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, like comes, when Owen comes in right, mm. to to chat about you know something he's promoting. I don't think he will. Well, I think he might. He, he might. Well, how will you will you uh, tell him you love his work? I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Owen, I'm a big fan. I really am. <laughs> I've bought in an envelope of vintage. Do we want me to start on mine? I was going to save my envelope of vintage. Save yours a little bit. But okay. I just want to talk about how much sports changed. I was watching YouTube. is a veritable treasure trove of old cricket. It's a marvellous thing. If you like old cricket, or even any sort of cricket, mm. you've just got 
just thousands and thousands and thousands you of know how to live don't you i do yeah. and uh and i was watching one about 1960s this cricket in the 60s i thought if i could sort of relive some days when i was a kid and uh they, 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 this south africa against england and the south african captain he, he snicks the ball or he plays the ball cuts it to uh gully gully takes the catch and as he's going out he sort of puts his bat under his arm and starts applauding I mean, when would that happen now? When would a bloke get out and then applaud the catch or applaud the bowler? It just doesn't happen. You're saying, you're saying sport and life was better in the old days, I'm not saying Andy. that. I said it was different. It was gentler. It Ryan. Was gentle. Ryan says, Andy wins the surprise Culverhouse Invitational. Uh, congratulations <laughs> for that win. Yes, thanks very um, much. I mean, the thing is, I mean, congratulate you for getting onto cricket on YouTube mm. because whenever I get onto YouTube, I end up uh, going on mm. some YouTube adventure which ends up with Octopuses getting out of small boxes, <laughs> or hedgehogs having their hair brushed with toothbrushes. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's all right. You can what else have you got, Andy? What else have I got? I've, I've got some more notes from last night. Did you see Blint take that shot and it hit his standing leg? And uh, thing of joy, thing of joy, isn't it? When, when the pros do what it's a bit like seeing a golfer hit a shot and you know just duff it completely. And uh, now you can give me one of yours if you like. Oh no, just to give you this, Tom Daly is having hypnotherapy. To get over his fear of clowns. Clowns? Clowns. Or he could just not go to the circus. That might be a better <laughs> idea often, and a lot cheaper. How often does Tom Daly, at the top of the 10-meter board, and he, he turns around to do the inward triple lutz, and there's, there's Ronald McDonald just staring at him. That'd be a good way to put him off, really, wouldn't it? If you're, if you're coming up against Tom in the next... Competition. Yeah. That's a synchronised pair. You should dress as Krusty the Clown <laughs> and just see Tom Daly just <laughs> melt. Uh, here we are. Uh, you you might have the, had hypnotherapy by then. You might be over it by the, then. The envelope of vignettes. Uh, a okay, study well. in the journal The Leadership Quarterly has found that allowing staff to stab voodoo dolls of their bosses could help improve workplace conditions. <laughs> really? A study of 229 workers <laughs> found that engaging in sim- <laughs> symbolic retaliation lowered feelings of injustice by one third. Doesn't have to be a voodoo doll per se, said Dr. Lindy Liang of Wilfrid Laurier University. Anything that serves a symbolic act of retaliation, like throwing darts of pic- at a picture of your boss, might work. Would you okay. be tempted to do that, Andy, at all? No, I don't think I would. And uh, I wouldn't be happy if they did it to me, really. Okay. I'd be quite oh, so if, the produ- if you came in and the producers were just <laughs> well, sticking I've often pins <laughs> into a miniature Jacob. <laughs> he's, got a little, see, he's got a little mini so me. Luke Shaw played quite well last night. And it's, it's possible that, mm. that one of the reasons was he's, he's been like, sticking pins into a <laughs> thing of Je- Jose Mourinho. He's, he is quite bulky, isn't he, though? I mean, he didn't play badly. It seemed to me that he was determined not to stop running. So he was determined that whatever happened at the end of the game, his stats would be good. Because even when the ball was nowhere near near, I noticed this. Even the ball was nowhere near him, he was still sort of jogging quite hard and sort of moving into position. So he was obviously very keen to impress. But I don't think... I mean, he looks pretty fit, but he he is, you know... He's got a little paunch. No, I don't think it's paunch. He's just quite bulky. He's quite bulky sort of fellow. It doesn't Mm. mean anything. I mean, a lot of the great players are bulky. Who's your favourite bulky player? Because it's not a Mulby. You're talking about a barrel chest, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, Shakiri is marvellously bulky. He is. And calves to die for. Revin Redding says, I organised a birthday meal in a Thai restaurant 20 years ago. Unfortunately, I forgot to go. Better sleep at home. <laughs> Only to be awoken by a phone call from one of 20 guests invited. I invited, wondering where I was. Uh, you are uh, listening to Hawksby and Jacobs, Maxim 
for Paul Hawksby today, uh, and he's here, and we'll stay until four, oh, I mean, yes. unless he has a, you know, a real turn of rage or something. <laughs> or a turn. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Uh, yeah, we'll be live from that press conference for the Amir Khan fights uh, later this afternoon. You are listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport. Max Rushton in for Paul today. Uh, Andy's here, though, so don't worry. Um, now, Bryony Gordon, <laughs> Sunday Times number one best-selling author, has written a book called Eat, Drink, Run, How I Got Fit Without Going Too Mad. Uh, and you are running the marathon in a bra and pants, so I'd say reasonably mad. I was uh, already quite mad. Okay, and, you know, the marathon is on Sunday, isn't it? Are you ready? Um... I'm as ready as I'm. I suppose there's nothing I can do now. I've done my. I've done. I've trained. I've trained. I did 20 miles the other week. So this is your second one, though, and and it's interesting. I mean, we should sort of bit of background to you. I mean, you, you are a writer. You, you write in the Daily Telegraph. You have a column every week, and you were, let's be honest, a bit of a caner. You used to like a drink, didn't you? you used to like a smoke, and you used to basically go for it. I still like a smoke, um, but I am. I'm. I'm. I'm in recovery. Yeah, so I'm like an alcoholic addict like recovering like so I'm sober now okay but yeah I I was <laughs> I was not your kind of classic runner I didn't you know I was I would see people running as I was on my way home from a night out um and would you hate them and I would like I didn't really understand people who ran I was like I don't think I trust them or, or want to be their mm. friends mm. um so it wasn't ever something I did I'd sort of run after a bus or a man or you know drunk um, but would you ever catch them? Never, no, okay. no, no. It was usually out of breath and needed a pint afterwards. So, what made you decide to change? Well, I um, so I do a lot of mental. I talk about mental health quite a lot um, and my own mental health. And I got involved last year. The um, the official charity of the marathon was Heads Together, which is the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Prince Harry's mental health charity. And um, they asked if I, not them personally, <laughs> but um, I, they asked if I wanted to do the marathon. And I thought, OK, I've got to do this because if there's going to be a mental health marathon, I've got to be part of it. And um, and it was really a process, you know, to help my mental health. You know, I thought I'd, I'd sort of ignored the experts who said that going out and doing exercise and stopping drinking was really good for your mental health. Uh, and, and I was like, OK, maybe they've got a point. Maybe I should listen to them. So I did. And you interviewed Prince Harry, didn't you? And this interview made all the papers as well as your own paper. It was a big thing, wasn't it? Because he talked about his own mental health problems. Yeah. So he, yeah, he sat, we sat down in Kensington Palace, as you do, with a cup of tea. And he spoke for the first time about the mental health problems he'd faced after his mother died. Or that he'd ignored, really. So how he'd buried his head in the sand for decades and, um, and, how, and the chaos that had kind of ensued. Were you surprised when he started to speak like this? Had you had an idea that he'd felt like this or was it a surprise to you? Absolutely. I didn't. I thought he was going to talk like really generally about the importance of talking about mental health. I had no idea until we sat down and he started talking. And I was it's really weird because everyone always says, what was he like? You know, how, how does he smell? That's a question I get asked quite a lot. <laughs> well, I just crossed that one out. <laughs> but out, of in, out of interest, how, how, how good, I would smells, imagine. It smells great. Yeah. Okay. But um, he's he is really normal you know mm. as, as normal as you know if that was me I would be completely crazy um and so you kind of on the one hand it feels like you're ch- chatting to a mate with a cup of tea and on the other hand you have to kind of pinch yourself and go no he's quite a senior member of the royal family but he's great I love him did you find the change you know to to stopping drinking and just getting fit very easy or was it was it an impossible thing to do it was really hard it was really hard but it was worthwhile and I think the you know the most worthwhile things are hard they're not easy and it's, 
that's incredible now to think that I'm about to run my, you know, second marathon. I sort of like, what the... But this year you're running in a sports bra and pants, and it's to basically make a point, isn't it, about sort of the way people look and the way people are and the way people exercise and it doesn't matter how they I don't I want to be kind you look yeah <laughs> how, how I do this in a subtle way I'm, I mean, I'm a larger lady yeah. that's what Andy's trying to say I'm like a size Very 16 to eight, <laughs> size 16 to 18 I have a lot of curves and so I'm doing it with um a friend of mine who's a plus size model called Jada Cesar and we uh decided to do in our underwear to prove that you know, kind of curvier girls can run. I mean, you don't have to run a marathon, obviously, but we're hoping to sort of inspire other women with our cellulite and wobbly bits. That's good. Now, you may, you may have seen this in the Sunday Times. You'll, you'll love this, that uh, apparently women run the marathon better than men. Did you see this? The I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me. Because men tend to go off charging off, in, you know, into the distance. I did that. Did you? What was your time my first marathon, I'd like to qualify it by the fact uh, six weeks before I went to Goa and got dysentery, which is not the best thing to have. It's not great prep. You, you lose weight, but you lose energy. Uh, four and a half. And the following year, I was tied to 16 other people dressed as convicts. And 15 miles in, <laughs> prisoner 15 needed a number two. And if you stop for 15 minutes, it's quite hard to get going again. Yeah. That was five and a half. No, I, I believe it's one of the most miserable... Apart from those Jeff Stelling walks, which are even worse, you've done no prep and you're walking for 10 hours. It's a really miserable day. And then everyone forgets it's miserable. You know, sort of, I don't it's know. Like, it's like going through yeah, labour. I, I imagine. I'm less experienced with that. But yeah, I don't, I, I definitely don't want to do one again ever. I loved it. I, uh, so I'm slow, right? Um, so I did it last year in like five hours, 53. Really slow. But I'm of the sort of firm opinion that it doesn't really matter. Um and, you know, just getting done. And at the end, you know, as you're going up past mile 25 and you know, I saw St. Thomas's Hospital, which is where I have my daughter. And I was thinking, this is better than that day. Really? Yeah. And she's too young. She doesn't listen to talk sports, so I don't have to worry. She's at school. Mm. But it's, <laughs> it's, it was it was so amazing. It was so much fun. It's like the only time I've ever felt like a bit of a rock star. Because, you know, you have your name on your T-shirt. Or mm. in my case, we've got them on the back of our pants <laughs> this time. So people will be kind of calling out our names afterwards but they quite often say you should train as you're going to run you know yeah. so so if you constantly don't don't on the day put on some new sports kit yeah. and new socks. so presumably you've been running around Hyde Park in your underwear well, no because we thought we'd probably get arrested and also it's been quite cold I don't know if you've noticed <laughs> yeah it has. it's been pretty cold so we did we went to Ibiza and did a uh, uh, long run out there where they, they're more relaxed about this kind of thing. And we even ran through a construction site and they, they didn't even bat an eyelid. So, but no, we haven't done it any practice in London. And is the book, is the book a sort of guide for fitness or more a kind of life journey? Type it, it's more of a journey. It's a kind of, if it's a book about running that isn't about running, if that makes sense. It's a kind of book that I hope will inspire people to do the thing they think they can't do because you wouldn't have looked at me and thought marathon runner you know, by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm hoping that people will pick it up and think, oh, you know what, I've wanted to, I don't know, learn French or start canoeing or just the, those things that you think you can't do. Yeah, and, but, but with fitness, and there were a lot of people listening to this who used to run and don't or are massively out of shape. And actually the first time you go into the gym or the first run you take is the hardest one. And lots of people don't ever start because yeah, it's that's the first one is the hardest thing to do. It's hideous, right? But look, 
here's the thing that no one ever says is that no one ever wants to go for a run no No, one like no one wakes up in the morning and goes hooray i'm gonna go for a run but no one ever regrets going for one right so you push yourself through no one cares no one's watching i used to think that like the world revolved around me and that when i went out people would start laughing at me no one cares no one's looking just go out just do it just have a bit of a laugh what's the worst that can happen you break your leg maybe but no if you've got to you know that doesn't happen very often you we're no, certainly not running the marathon. If you've got, you just, it's, but that's the great thing about running. People go, oh, I can't run. If I had a pound for every time someone said that to me, I would not be sitting here right now. I'd be in the Bahamas on my yacht. But like, you ca- if you've got two functioning legs, it's just, it's a case of putting one foot in front of the other. It's incredibly simple. I can't um, argue with that. Now, I've been collecting some tips for you. Oh, uh, thank I knew you. you were coming in. And uh, Olympic medalist and L- fellow London marathon runner, Samo Farah, he's around. I don't know okay. how near you will be to Samo this Sunday, but he says, <laughs> Chocolate, usually dark chocolate, is good for an energy boost. There are all manner of sports snacks that pretend to do wonderful things, but I stick to the basics. So I happen to have a good supply of excellent dark chocolates. I'm giving you this. <gasps> Thank for you. Sunday. Quite, I mean, that's quite a large bar to carry. It's not a one kilo dairy milk to well, say, but you know, it's, you know. But it's quite. It's, it's, it's have a couple of squares before you start. To think, to think that it might still be there by Sunday. <laughs> I think he's pushing it. Is, it. is it optimistic? My, Jada, my friend who I'm running with, she has a she has a chocolate brioche every three miles. That's oh, her that thing. that is delightful, isn't it? Yeah. I always thought the worst, because you, know, you get handed, you know, Jaffa cakes and jelly babies. Yeah. I always thought the worst thing that any human could ever do is fill up a water stand but pour out the water and just pour in gin and then just at like mile nine and then just someone yeah. pours it on their head <laughs> takes one massive swig you do see a lot of people who you know who are spectators who are like well hey this is, they're gonna have it it's like a street party to them and they're kind of standing on the side of the road with pints of lager <laughs> chain smoking and you're like Ooh. there is that moment as well i mean amongst the you know, getting overtaken by a cream bun on the mall was a low point for me. And in the official photo, being <laughs> overtaken by who can only describe, be described as Mr. Miyagi's great great granddad. <laughs> but there's that moment when you turn right at Tower Bridge and the elite runners are going left. Yeah. And you realise, A, how bloody fast they're they going. I mean, fast. it's extraordinary. It's like they're sprinting the whole thing. And you think they can't be the same species as me, <laughs> those people. And then you sort of run into the quiet underpass. Yeah. That really hurt. I mean, that really got it's like, me. It's like something out of 28 Days Later. Yeah. You know, it's like people are sort of running like zombies. But I think, you know, I have this theory that actually the real elites are us lot lagging at the back who are on out there for hours on our feet. You know, like, it's all right for Mo Farah. He's done within two yeah, hours, two 15 and minutes. Yeah, two hours I mean? and 10 minutes. We're, yeah. st- we're, 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 only, we're not even a quarter of the way through. Yeah, it's miserable. Well, we do wish you the yeah, be- no, very best of luck. Yeah. Thank you. You'll fly. Uh, eat, drink, run. How I got fit without going too mad, uh, Bryony Gordon. If you see uh, how many, there are two of you running two. in your underwear. Yeah. Two women running in their underwear. I don't think you're going to miss them. I promise you. No, <laughs> you should get. You should get. Don't on call TV. the police. Hazel to... Irving on yeah, Tower Bridge. I'm sure. I think we are actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, sure. It's already been planned. That's exciting, isn't it? And uh, on the subject of whether it would make the podcast, uh, this interview, an anonymous text said, "This is a good guest." So there you go. Oh, yay, yeah, thanks, Anonymous. That's yeah. really, really sweet. Very probably, to the point. Probably your brother, but never mind. <laughs> uh, you are listening to Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. Uh, Max in for Paul today. Back in a tick. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, you are listening to Talk Sport. Max Rushing for Paul Hawksby today, Andy Jacobs, mm. alongside me. Um, uh, Seb mm. Blatter listening along as well, uh, somewhere in Sweden. Who knows where Seb is now? <laughs> um, I'm very pleased to say we can welcome into the studio uh, John T. Stevens and Ian Aspital, uh, Birmingham fan and Man United fan, respectively. Yeah, so I'm uh, slightly more depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's quite tricky, I suppose, you know. Yeah. Man United fans are sort of depressed and then defensive at the same time. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about football in a second, but you are, are touring your show, Eric and Earn, um, a tribute, obviously, to Morecambe and Weiss. Uh, tell us all about it. Well, it's uh, it's uh, basically the new show. We did a, we did a play at Edinburgh a few years ago called an Eric and, Eric and Little Earn, uh, which we did in the West End and went really well. And now we've put together this new show, which is basically entitled An Evening of Eric and Earn. And what we hope to do is bring An Evening of Eric and Earn to the theatre. So how does it differ? Because I saw the show in Edinburgh and yeah. it was really, really good. But oh, how does it you. differ from, from that show? Well, the play's, the play's about the relationship. The first half of the play is, is set. It's the last hour of Ernie's life, which is quite sad really but, yeah. but there I'm are really, a few laughs in there as well it's a comedy <laughs> seriously but um, so th- that's about their relationship and then the second half we do a bit of stand up this is all stand up sketches songs and we've got a guest singer so it's a, a pure evening of entertainment is that harder in a way because people 
kind of you know they were absolutely brilliant at what they did yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know and, and comedy it's quite hard to replicate that sense of timing and that sense of something that makes somebody very funny yeah no absolutely i think it is and we've we've sort of we've been working at it i mean for probably over five years now we've been doing eric and earning some guys or another and we just felt that we did we put this together this cabaret show and we've done it a few times we did sort of pilot it a couple of times and actually people fortunately for the moment that they're with us hopefully will be transported back to to watching eric and earn because sadly unfortunately they're not they're not with us anymore and we hope that we sort of keep their 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 memories alive to people in a in a sort of live in a live venue hopefully and yeah it is it is a, it is a challenge but hopefully we uh, we managed to put the it timing on. when we first started watching them we mm. we we copied them you know we started copying them and, and their timing and that you come a cropper because you get a laugh in a different place so then we <laughs> yeah. find so then we find our own timing and then we sort of uh, do our own version of it so it's it's the essence Pe- of American people are endlessly fascinated by them obviously they were huge if, if you you know if people don't know I'm sure most people do but you know their, their Christmas shows would get sort of 25 30 million people. 28 million yeah, 28 million yeah. and recently there was a, a drama about Eddie Braben which was fascinating Eddie Braben yeah. was their second main writer wasn't he the golden triangle yeah. as they were called yeah. and uh, and that poor man what he went through writing for them it yeah. was incredible yeah yeah and I think I think when when Eddie came on board because they were they were obviously massive even before that, but when Eddie came on board, they sort of it went up to a different level because Eddie you know brought a different so he he saw the boys and, and he gave brought, them characters. Yeah. He made he made, uh, made Ernie this pompous character and you know, the playwright, mm-hmm. which you do really well actually. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> did, you, did you independently know you could play these characters before, and then you you came together and you were desperately looking for each other? <laughs> That's <laughs> what people, someone said that at Edinburgh actually. <laughs> no, but we're mates for thirty odd years. It's his fault. He's always done impressions of Eric Morgan and other people. He's brilliant, oh, yes. brilliant at impressions. But um, it's so almost as good as you, absolutely. but not quite. <laughs> no, no. I do like your yeah, boy. You're yeah. very good with your yeah, boy. I'm good with my boy. That's about it. <laughs> I went through yesterday in my 42. I'm up to now 42 impersonations. Paul poo pooed most of them, but I'm compiling a list. Oh really? I <laughs> thought you'd, I thought you just you'd, you'd done Roy Hodgson 42 times. <laughs> well, I might as well. Well, well, I might as well have done. Put that He's got it right now. now. <laughs> He's got it right now. No, but we, we yeah we're mates for 30 years. We met at drama school, and we we really are. Best mate. I mean, Ian was the best man at my wedding. Yeah. Well, the best one I could get yeah. anyway. But mm. but no, he was. And, and I think and I think that is the if there is any little bit of magic dust that's sprinkled over us, I think it is that because Eric and Ern were closer than brothers. You know, they met when they were kids. I mean, we didn't meet. Well, we were. How old were we at drama school? Twelve when we met. Twelve, it was thirty yes, odd years yeah. ago. No. I was a mature student, and I was an immature yeah. student. But there you there go. been. Th- I'm trying to think if there been because there was the Eddie Braymore, and there was another one about them that featured quite heavily sort of Eric's mother about how she'd. That was Victoria them. Wood, right? Yes, that, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was good. As okay. well. Yeah, very there, good. there is very a good. sort of fascination. I mean, you know, they were a bit. You they were a bit before your time, weren't Just they? Just slightly. Slightly, only slightly. Really? I'm sure. Really? Really? What's this? really? You've had, produ- a tough, no, no, he's no, had a tough life. life it's very interesting because our producer was <laughs> saying, to, he's, he's about twelve, and he was saying to us that <laughs> around Christmas that there was a lot of Eric and Ernie stuff, and he couldn't quite. And this is a young person's view that he couldn't yeah. quite see why there was so much about them and why there was so you know. So, I mean, what was it about them that, that caught the public imagination? Well, well, I think what we what we always say is Eric and Ern weren't just liked by the British public; they were loved. Mm. I mean, it was an extraordinary sort of relationship that that the British public had with them, and it and it, it's a really it's not out there anymore. What you had with Eric and Ern was that everybody watched their shows: mums, dads, kids, grandparents, mm. everybody, and they all laughed at it. 
and they yeah. all watched it at exactly the same time. Yeah, it's, exactly. that, it's that shared yeah. experience where they watch the programme at one night and they go to the school the next day and say, did you see that bit with the paper bag? Or mm. And we don't do that anymore. That no. shared television experience is quite rare now. And I think, I think when, we, when we do the show, when we, when we take the show out there and, we, and an evening of Eric and I think what it does, we, when we've done it, it takes, takes people back who knew yeah. them to a, to that time, it takes them back. It's a very there's an. It's, quite, emo- saying, it's yeah. quite emotional because some people leave the theatre crying, which is a shame. It's a shame. It's meant to be a comedy. Halfway through, halfway through. Yeah, yeah. No, at the end, usually, at the end, usually, at the end. Do you ever? I mean, do you you come on as them and you are all them for the whole the thing? Whole time. Yes. At no point you sort of no, no, never never. acknowledge. No. Okay, and no. even if things go wrong, which. It, they, they do sometimes, occasionally, um, yeah, occasionally, or, or they, Ian? yeah, sometimes, <laughs> uh, or you forget your lines. Um, you know, we just we ad lib in the style of American. We Earth, keep. So. I think. I think all this show is informed by all the research and the work and the studying that we've done when we wrote the mm. play. So it's not simply an impression. Hopefully, it's a portrayal, and we we are for that moment in mm. time. We are. Being Eric and Ern. What about the the family of both men? I mean, has anybody seen the plays and seen the stuff? Yeah, the family saw the saw the, the play. play. They've been very supportive. And, yeah. and, um very encouraging. Uh, we we went for lunch. We actually went for lunch with Joan Morecambe and Gary Morecambe. Went to the house uh, in Harpenden. And amazing. Wow. Uh, which was amazing. Um, they've been really supportive. Uh, and then Gary said, "Do you want to see Dad's old study?" So he went up to the study and there was Eric's props and costumes and paper it bags. It was amazing. Unbelievable, unbelievable. It's it's a dream for, for, you, for us, course. really. Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. Now, we should say this is uh, it's a tour. It's going on through May, um, June. There's a little bit of a break until September, then runs yeah. right the way through till uh, December next year. So yeah. people have got an opportunity to see it all over the country. Where can they sort of learn about it? Well, opening in Winchester, we're doing Perth Festival yeah. Theatre. The website is ericandlittlearn.co.uk, and everything's on there. So if you uh, if you want yeah. to have a look there, we've got Facebook, Eric and Little Earn, and Twitter, at Eric and Earn as well. We're very modern, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, I, I wanted to talk to you about Birmingham City for a, a, a second. Because <laughs> Do you really? Uh, well, I do. Is this the comedy part? Yeah. Is this the comedy part? Can't we talk about Luton? <laughs> I went to... <laughs> They're doing better, you know. They are. Oh, well, they'll be play- you'll be playing them next year. Oh, thank you very much, Max. <laughs> I went to interview Gary Rowett... Uh, about a week before he was sacked. Oh, man. And like, everybody at the club was like, this guy is brilliant. He's brilliant, yeah. not just with the players, but with the support staff, with everyone. Top to bottom. I think you were seventh or something. Sixth. You know, sixth. sixth. You we were, were a point flying. off third, I think. We Everything were. was so good. I mean, I, I cannot think of a more ridiculous sacking in the history of the game, I don't think. Well, that's Birmingham City for you. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a huge shock to everybody, I think. I mean, I just don't... Uh, I don't quite understand what was going on there, really. I think it, uh, the owners had made a decision. They wanted to have a different style of football. But if you haven't got the squad to play that style of football, then that's going to be a problem. And I think that's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, Gianfranco Zola coming, who's a lovely man, brilliant footballer, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as we all know. And but if and I hadn't I've... forgotten to turn up yesterday, we could have asked him about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, OK. <laughs> probably... best to interview him. Oh, he's probably on the golf course. Right. But... Um, <laughs> Two, two points up. ahead of Barnsley, yes, uh, I know. who were in the relegation zone. They've got a game in hand. You're on the same points as Bolton. Do you have to keep mentioning these <laughs> facts? Uh, I should just say that... Uh, <laughs> no, it, but it's true. Yeah, we've got a very important game, Sheffield United, on Saturday, and that's a real, uh, you know, six-pointer, as they say, unfortunately. we've mm. got. To, I think we've got to win two out of the last three, I think. Mm. I think. Your fellow Birmingham fan, Blues fan, uh, Ian Danter. Oh, yes, Dance. Dance, of course, yeah. of this parish. He says, uh, sends his regards. So you say, how do you two know each other? Well... We know him. I know. I know Ian obviously because he's a blue nose. But he used to be the announcer at St Andrews. He used oh. to do all the all the announcement down there. And obviously, 
being in the Midlands, and he's a very good. I, I, I'm a very good friend of Jasper Carrots and Tom Ross, who does the who does the reports for you now. And uh, yeah, we all know each other. We're all we're all in that little enclave of Birmingham City Port, slightly stooped, <laughs> slightly <laughs> depressed. <laughs> but um, do, do but, you all go to the same therapist? Yeah, we do. Such, we do. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah, no, dance is brilliant. I mean, it, he does the best Trevor Francis impression. That, uh, it's brilliant. just unbelievable. No, it's a very good mimic because yeah. Trevor was my hero. So, um, John, yeah. why don't you mention the time you beat Arsenal? In the, oh yes, now in 2011 <laughs> in February. We beat Arsenal two one. Did you know that? Yes, <laughs> that's that, that. I was there. That's the highlight of my Birmingham City. Uh, and yet got relegated in the same oh, year. I mean, yeah. it's a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. You had to bring it but back to that. Know, didn't you? But it's such a rare thing to win something and then still go down. Yeah, and they yeah. were Spurs as well, and we only went down because Wolves scored an extra goal than us. That was the that was the great Calling. thing. Um, Ian, are you? Uh, uh, do you love Jose? Uh, he's okay. Yeah, he's he's doing. The, he's will be second. He's, he's not doing too badly, is he? Um, we let Manchester City win the Premiership, and I think we'll win the FA Cup, and um, we'll have had a good season, won't we? Yeah, I there think that's go. fair. I just, <laughs> I, and, I just, oh, I mean, I just don't, I, no, what I don't understand about Mourinho, and I, I had a lot of experience with him at Chelsea, and he's a brilliant manager for Chelsea. You know, you win three titles, but he, this thing where he has to tell people. You know that he that he did it on Sunday. Mm. Where he said, "You know, I've I've won eight titles, so I'm not going to get overexcited yeah. about coming second. All right, okay. Then he did it again last night. You think yeah, we get the idea? You won eight titles. We know you're we know a you successful got yeah, yeah, bloke. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's this. I think what gets on people's nerves is this constant telling people how great yeah. you are. You yeah, know, it is very, annoying. It is British. annoying. Very, very un-British. It? Very un-British. And he, yeah, he yeah. also said, didn't he? He said, you know, and I, I won the, the 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 last one was only three years ago that I won. So I do know how to do it. Yeah. yeah. If, well, I'm right. not sure he's going. Uh, do you think he'll last? Do you think he'll last? I think he. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I think he'd be there next year. Yeah, definitely. He might be at Birmingham City before we know it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, listen, thank guys. you so much for coming in. Mm. Uh, appreciate it. Good luck with the tour. Remind us of the website again. Uh, uk. Perfect. John T. Stevens, Ian Astral. Thanks for your time. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank uh, we'll you. Be back in a tick. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Uh, Andy, what have you got? What have I got? I'm so fascinated by Chris Jordan, though. He, he often, when he plays, when he, the first two overs go for about 40, <laughs> and the last two overs go for about six. I don't know why he doesn't bowl the same in the first two overs <laughs> as he does in the last two overs. I've never been able to work that out. Anyway, what have I got for you? Mm. I've got the best sporting name. After, we've talked about this before on the show, but I haven't mentioned it to you. She was in the papers again. The woman with the best sporting name in Britain, uh, the chairman, uh, the chairwoman of the Royal College of uh, GPs, Helen Stokes Lampard. Oh, How many nice. people have got a sporting name, a double-barreled sporting name like that? That's brilliant, isn't it? I don't know. Do you want one of mine? Yeah, go on. From the vignette envelope. Oh, yeah, I see. You put them all in a little envelope. Yeah, we put H and J on the yeah, envelope like, in, case, yeah. in case anybody got confused. Um, okay, this is slightly <laughs> lavatorial. Is that okay? We'll, we'll see. We'll be the judge. A suspected drug dealer. It's a, it's sort of bringing you back to sport. Think of endurance sports. Okay. okay. Yeah. A suspected drug dealer has won a waiting game with police after managing not to defecate for 47 days. <laughs> Really? Lamar Chambers was arrested in Harlow on the 17th of January. It's, it's certainly Lamar's PB. It's an Olympic um, sport. Uh, suspicion of possessing drugs with intent to supply. He was thought to have swallowed a batch of drugs as he fled. 
He was duly placed on poo watch in custody, but after he refused to use the toilet for nearly seven weeks. Concerns Isn't that with Michaela Strzok and Bill, <laughs> Bill Oddie and Kate Humble. Really I love is. that show. Is he, he's very good at it. Chris Packham's excellent on <laughs> and, and much yeah. like that, mm. probably not a lot happens during the show, but it is live. It's exciting. Um, after he refused <laughs> to use the toilet for nearly seven weeks, yeah. concerns for his welfare were such that the charges were dropped. Mm. He was taken to hospital to allow nature to take his, its course. Yes, we get the idea. 47 days. Well, tremendous. Uh, Salute to he, him. He was, he was later arrested on new drugs charges. I'll bring you an update next week if you'd like them. Over to Andy Jacobs with well, more vignettes. Someone who also, I don't know, probably doesn't go 47 days, but <laughs> has an interesting diet, is Victoria Beckham. I don't know if you saw this yesterday. It was her birthday. Happy birthday, Victoria. And uh, the family, they, they all got together and they, they, they got her a cake. But this cake was basically made out of watermelon <laughs> and strawberries. It had no actual cake in it. Oh. And, and she was sort of delighted because it was obviously carb-free. Well, it's a bit of a letdown. Well, what? It? The cake? Having a non-cake, but having then, then zero they, cake in the cake. The, the Bizarre Column in the Sun listed her, her typical day's food for a Victoria. Okay. Uh, the morning snack is a two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar on an empty tummy. <laughs> That's, it's very filling. That's not, that is not true. <laughs> that cannot be anyone's breakfast. No, it's, it's morning snack. It's very good for you, actually. It's very good for your blood pressure. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Cool. Just imagine after the first one thinking, I've got one more to go. <laughs> yes. The organic, this is breakfast, organic wheat, barley, beans and lentils. Mm-hmm. Cereal mm-hmm. uh, with unsweetened almond milk. Oh, well, fair enough. to be 47 minutes, not Mid- 47 days. <laughs> Mid-morning <laughs> snack, edamame, those Japanese beans, yeah. in case you're not sure how edamame are. Uh, spinach and salt for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strange lunch, isn't it, really? I, don't know. I normally Seriously. have that in the pub. <laughs> She's going wild there. <laughs> Dinner, prawns with a radish. And let, <laughs> lettuce, this can't be true, can it? With a radish and lettuce salad and lemon juice. And dessert, this is the one I couldn't get. Frozen grapes. What, why? Oh, no, actually, the future Mrs. Russian occasionally freezes a grape for a healthy snack. Makes them taste like iced lollies. Really? Rather than just ordinary grapes? Of all the things that oh, she's you, eating, that's so, not the surprising one. Well, I suppose if, you, if she's buying her own grapes and then freezing them, that's fine. I, I didn't uh, interpret it as that. I just thought she was buying frozen grapes, which I thought was a bit of a strange thing to do. I, th- I believe she has a freezer. Over to you for your next vignette. Well, I mean, I, I've changed because of stay, staying food-based. Are you interested in an anti-capitalist beetroot? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Which is uh, attracting yeah. bids of more than £5,000 on e- eBay. It, it reportedly played a crucial role in the dinner that Jeremy Corbyn had with the, the sort of the left-wing Jewish group, Judas. Oh, I know, I know yeah. about this. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, his dinner companions held the beetroot aloft while shouting, bleep capitalism, in a satirical take on traditional Passover feast. There we are. Oh, so if you're interested in a, a political beetroot, uh, it's £5,000, Andy. Are you going to bid? No, okay. I, I shan't be. No. <laughs> uh, whatsoever. Okay. And, uh, and uh, Victoria's been going on about plastic straws and we'll never be seeing the lights yeah, of well, the again. end of straws. And, but you could actually be a criminal uh, if you... If, especially if you uh, smuggle a, a cotton bud inside a straw. That's like the ultimate crime. Yeah, cotton buds to be banned. I mean, how will they replace them? I, I don't get because apparently we sell billions of cotton buds throughout the year. And I can see, yeah, that a little bit of plastic would be a problem. Mm. And you're not supposed to put them in your No, ears, you're really but, not. But people do, don't mm. they? But how will they replace them? Will, will it be a wooden 
cotton bud? I mean, are we saying that cotton buds themselves will, will cease to exist? No, you have to use the uh, Hopi ear candle. Have you ever used one of them? I've heard of them, yes. You lie I on your side yeah, and someone... A, a very strange thing, that. They, 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 someone can put a really long wooden... It's like a wooden flute, and they put it in, in your ear and light the top of it, and you lie there for 15 minutes, and then when they pull it out... There's absolutely nothing happens. There's <laughs> no change whatsoever. Um, now you have to go to the doctor and syringe, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's also quite dangerous as well, apparently. Now, did you see the famous magician, uh, David Copperfield? Oh, uh, a man done? was hurt uh, during uh, one of his performances and is basically, I think, suing him, taking him to court. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the magician, Copperfield, had to reveal his, his act. He had to reveal the trick. Because otherwise the the jury wouldn't understand, the, the judge wouldn't understand. He didn't just go to court and then just disappear. No, it was a vanishing act. But honestly, like, I don't know if you ever remember that program with uh, the bloke that was in X-Files. Mitch Pelledry explains magic. Right. And you'd see these tricks. And, and of course, it, it's incredibly disappointing to find out how a trick is done. Because... They just basically say, oh, look over there at that. <laughs> giant biscuit and then they do it all don't they that's yeah. essentially what well essentially is. it is and, and and the beauty of it is is you know not knowing how it works and wondering how it does work and anyway so they revealed this vanishing act and honestly it's, it's so simple basically people uh, you, you pick people out from the audience with a large ball that you throw at them they're selected they come up sit in this cage on stage the cage is covered up they escape out the back run around the back of the theatre, come into the thing, and then everyone goes, oh, there they are. They've gone from here to there. And when you see it all sort of done out on a diagram, you think, was that it? Are you and saying... And if you saw it, you'd probably think, oh, that's bloke's amazing. How does he do it? Mad- that, that he's not really magic. <laughs> well, I don't think you can really make Tower Bridge disappear or whatever it was that he did that time. Alex in Didcot says, I'm with Mrs. Rushton, though, alas, not literally. <laughs> uh, with regards to frozen grapes, they are a fantastic cold snack in warm weather. Oh, well, we've got some very warm weather at the moment. In fact, another. I mean, you mentioned Jim did mention the weather quite a lot on his show this morning. And and you mentioned it to me. Well, I hadn't mentioned it at all until now. But the, it said it said the, the papers are obsessed with weather, I suppose because we, we as a country are obsessed with it. Everyone's obsessed. So, was this going this is, anywhere? Yes, it is. I'm about oh, to read this. Okay. Brits, <laughs> nothing I do goes anywhere. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that. I'll never let that stop me. Brits roasted on the coast yesterday. Oh, we were, yes. Well, sort of. It wasn't that hot, was it? I mean, it wasn't, you know, it was in I wasn't even on the coast, so I don't oh, know why no, I'm commenting. It. And then, of course, we can't just be sort of enjoying the weather. It always got to come with a scare story. The Daily Star tells us that dirty smog from Spain and France are on their way. A toxic plume of pollution from factories is set to cover the UK during the heat wave. Typical of those European foreign factories, <laughs> unlike our factories. Our clean British factories. <laughs> Pump out goodwill and... Patriotic pride. Ryan says, Andy has just ruined magic for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologise. I've often, well, not often, I've mentioned on the show before that uh, for years I used to get sort of emails and things from LinkedIn. So why don't you join LinkedIn? So I joined it and uh, and I never got anything out of it at all. I'm nothing, I've never, no one's ever said to me, oh, I saw your profile on LinkedIn. Would you like a job? The Today programme don't come in for you, <laughs> no, do they? No. And uh, I get some... I don't mind. I'm, people, I'm happy for people to follow me. It's great. And now I'm being followed by Alan Dennett, which strikes me as almost like Alan Bennett. So I'd be quite happy to be f- followed by Alan Bennett or Alan Dennett. I'm not, I'm not worried about it, but I mean, you know... Is this page two of your notes? No, it's page one. <laughs> really? Well, I'm not worried about page two if we have to get there. Um, uh, right, so you are listening to... Uh, <laughs> Everyone's a critic. 
<laughs> Hawksby Jacobs on Talksport Maxim for Paul. <laughs> We're here till four. In bowl the... sold for twenty one million <laughs> for a bowl, I've written. <laughs> In the break, I get to hear that gossip and almost certainly get to see a picture of Andy's grandchildren. So you're lucky you don't have to see that bit. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. There we are. So there we are. (laughs) That was it. It was all jolly good fun, wasn't it? We'll do it all again tomorrow. You two will be here with Andy Goldstein and myself. Martin Kellner. Oh, Martin Kellner, of course, yeah. And Todd. Todd. It's going to be a bit funny when, because Andy Goldstein's got a bit of a thing about Todd Macklin, and he likes to ring me up and sort of impersonate him. So we might actually (laughs) let him just do, (laughs) cause a bit of a crank call, yeah. And we've got Carl Fogarty tomorrow, so you can take home his book like, like Paul does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give it a quick. That's so not going to happen. All right, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.